Danny, I think the most important thing is, is that you can't go with this alone, right? There is just not enough time to be a business owner and, and try to figure it all out by yourself. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSP Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Would you like to work for an organization that focuses on accelerating profitability for IT solutions providers? How can this concept of peer groups make the difference between being stagnant and experiencing incredible growth? We have with us today an incredible leader, a good friend, and a mentor in the MSP community, Dennis O'Connell, the COO, VP with the Taylor Business Group, where his organization coaches MSP owners, and, and they really help these business owners understand the value of their business and understand the numbers. He is also responsible for managing strategic relationships with vendors and buying groups. Dennis, welcome to the Twins Talking Up podcast. I am excited to be here, Danny and David. This is just, I'm looking forward to it. You guys have told me about this for, I don't know, six months or more. And, and you know, just to see you both side by side, it's awesome. This is Danny again. And from time to time, when David and I are speaking, we'll let our audience know uh, who's actually asking Dennis these important questions. So Dennis, good question that comes up every single time that I think about this is why should we look at peer groups. And I know we're going to get into that later on. So I just want to make sure our audience understands this whole conversation today is all about understanding the numbers, where's the industry trends going today, and then of course, why peer groups. So we're going to talk about that today. And Dennis, you and I, you and I have known each other for a very long time. And not only have you and I have known each other, the industry knows you very well. And I know the hard work that you and your team does every single year when it comes to creating great curriculums, great training programs, putting together great classes, great conferences, bringing the right sponsors to make sure your partners can have the biggest and greatest impact. Now, the, the average net income, operating income, we call it the NOI, right? The net operating income for members have increased from 8% to over 12%. That is $16 million of real profit created for MSP owners annually. I think that's very awesome. That is fantastic. So TBG has several offerings that make this possible. And when I tell the audience, what does TBG stand for? It's the Taylor Business Group. We kind of just condense it down because everyone knows in the tech space, there's nothing but acronyms and acronyms, acronyms. But Taylor Business Group has several offerings that make this incredible growth possible. This includes business improvement peer groups. This includes sales transformation programs, direct coaching engagement programs, roadmap to profitability, which is my favorite one. And of course, for those uh, MSPs out there, M&A. So when we think about all these things, Dennis, tell us about the big business improvement groups. How do these things work? And why are peer groups a big strategic tool for business leaders like this? Danny, I think the most important thing is, is that you can't go with this alone, right? There is just not enough time to be a business owner and, and try to figure it all out by yourself. There's also this issue of when you grow, it, I, I'll use the analogy, most of us have all had children. Um, the, the first time you have a two-year-old, you're clueless, right? The first time you have a five-year-old, you're clueless. So look at it from a business perspective. First time you hire, you hire a person, you're clueless. Yeah. When's the right time to hire you know, a service manager? You're clueless. You've never been there. So the advantage of business improvement groups is that you have the opportunity to ask others and get their feedback. You don't have to reinvent the, the wheel all the time. 
And, you know, one of the things that we talk about is that, yeah, peer groups take time and you have to invest in it, but you will get that reward, reward back 10 times. Think about it. Every time a new that you invest in a new tool, if you don't have to go do three months worth of research, then how much time have you saved? You can just ask people. Dennis, this is David. I'm so glad we're having this conversation and I appreciate the work that you've done in the space. And you mentioned earlier that it's better to go at it together than to do it by yourself or to do it alone. And for many MSPs, if they're just starting out in the industry, it's true. They don't know what they don't know. So the question that I have for you is how do you know if your business is ready for a peer group? And what are some misconceptions of actually joining a group like yours? You know, when you're ready, it's, um, it's this, right? It's really your mind. You have to be willing to be open to other people and to share, right? And we have people who are one-person companies who are part of our groups, and we have companies that are $25 million. And what I tell the, the, the thing that's similar across all of them is the owner wants to wants to grow, he realizes he's finally come to realize that he can't do it by himself and that these groups provide ideas that, that he hasn't thought of. I tell everybody that comes into a group, I can promise you, you're doing one thing better than everybody else in the group. I can also tell you that somebody's going to bring some up and you go, why didn't I think of that? That's why we have groups. This is Danny. I love how you you did you said that somebody is going to come up with an idea, say something. You're just like, wow, I I don't know why I didn't think about that. And I take advantage of this every every year growing up, having an identical twin. Sometimes I forget something or some idea will come in, and I'm thinking to myself, why didn't I think about that? But my twin brother already did. So it's it's a good opportunity to be around people who get you, who understand you who's been in the shoes that you've been in. And that's why I love this concept of having these peer groups that you just mentioned, because it's one thing to be coached by somebody who gets paid millions of dollars a year, but they've never been in your shoes. They never ran a business. They've never been an MSP. They've never been an IT solution provider. But there's another, when you have a room full of people that look like you, they talk like you, they sound like you, and guess what? They've actually been able to grow their business profitably. So I love how you brought that together and put it together. Um, I ask MSPs this quite often. Are you in a growth style business or a lifestyle business? Are there certain types of MSPs that you know, Dennis, after speaking with them, that they get it? They just get it. And you said earlier that it's up here, right? They, it's intuitive. They just know it in their mind. They know it in their heart. But would you say that more MSPs should invest in their business by investing in their leadership, um, invest in training? invest in themselves, invest in the peer groups. Do you believe that that's what's missing and that's what's keeping peer groups from taking to the next level is that they're not investing in themselves? Would you consider that really the missing factor of why MSPs are not taken to the next level? What would your thoughts on be on that? Danny, great question. I, I really think that uh, it is the people aren't ready for it. Right. I've, we have people that have come in that are a lifestyle business. And then they realize that, you know, I can grow. Right. And, and a lot of the times it's when they start looking down the road towards exiting. Right. If I have a lifestyle business, it is really a job. Right. And when I go to exit, whether that's in, you know, one year, 20 years or 150 years, I don't think you're going to make it that far, but that's okay. You just have a job that you're, and people don't want to buy a job. They want to buy a business, right? So you have to start thinking about that's how you make it a, a move from a lifestyle business to a growth style business. And, and, and you need that to hit, we call it the number. Hmm. How, how much money do you want in your banking account when you retire so that you can live the way you want to live in retirement um, with, with your wife? your children, your dogs, whoever. So yeah, I, it, people, people do that. And, and 
people who are doing a lifestyle business, that's awesome. They figured it out. They're making enough money. I think it's great. And we can help those types of people too. We can just help them be more profitable. But again, it comes back to you, you've got to be ready to want to do something. It, it is all, you know, it's up here and it's in your heart. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Dennis. And to the audience, this is Danny. And I love how you brought that up, that even if you're in a lifestyle business, there's going to come to a point where you do want to be in a position where you want to retire or you want to sell it or you want to uh, take it to the next level. You have to think about mergers and acquisition or you have to think about how do I make my business a little bit more profitable so I can sell it. And it's, it doesn't matter if you're a growth mindset business, lifestyle business, everybody can grow, everybody can get better. And that's what I love. It's the mindset. And you said something very profound, which I never even thought about that before, which is it's, it's a blessing and it's awesome. And it's amazing that you are able to grow your business to enjoy the lifestyle you have, even if it is a lifestyle business. I think that's awesome. And a lot, it takes guts to grow a business. It takes guts to start a company. And I'm really uh, excited to hear you say that because it gives everybody that's out there in the industry today who takes care of customers uh, this sense of peace of mind that, hey, we all get you. We all understand you. Now, I want to talk about this landscape that's been changing. And we know that every few years, things change, right? Everyone knows that the industry changes. Everyone talks about, hey, this last couple of years of the pandemic, more innovation and more apps were created in the last five years than it was 40 years before that. And it's going to continue to evolve as we move forward. We know a lot of MSPs have actually done well during the pandemic. And so it's great that things continue to change. But I will tell you, a lot of times when people get started in this industry, it was a break fix. Yeah. Someone had a computer broken, they went and fixed it. And then someone kept saying, you know what? It's too expensive to continue to pay you every time you come out. Why don't we just do a monthly recurring revenue model, maybe just a monthly managed services model. And then next you know, you have that growing. And when I had my first company, and this is my second company, we actually had a value-added reseller business. They call it a VAR. Then we transitioned from being a VAR to a co-managed managed services provider. And we started doing co-managed IT with large architectural engineering firms. And then there's this next phase called an MSP plus security or MSSP, which is out there today, or a hybrid MSSP, which is managed security service provider. So there's all these terms out there. But what I'm trying to help the audience see is that no matter how big or how small you are, there's always an evolution. Mm. And the ones that do the best are the ones that can adapt themselves to what has changed in the environment. They can adapt themselves to what the customer's needs are, and they can actually grow despite of that, right? More remote workers, that means more security. That means probably more virtual desktops, remote management tools. That means vulnerability management tools, cybersecurity awareness tools, privilege access management, like who actually has access to your data, who gets access to your data, who has, how long can they have access to your data, all that stuff. Dennis, I'm sure you found a sweet spot, like maybe 100 users or more needs to have this type of security platform. Tell our audience out there today who is really trying to grow their managed service provider business, how can they take advantage of this trend that's changing? How can they take on the security posture into their current practice today? What are your thoughts on that? We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, Finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. 
Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast, and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Um, so there's probably, there's, there's two answers to that, Danny. One is existing customers, right? So if I have a client, I need to make sure that they're up to speed with what I have. Now, a lots of times the, you've already gone back and they think you're doing your the security for them already, right? Everybody thinks you're doing security for them, but you have to take the time to educate them to say, okay, it is evolves, you know, what, what was uh, the right answer a year and a half ago is not the right answer now. And in, in a year and a half, I'm going to be back having this conversation with you because it's, it's evolved again. So just get used to it, right? You know, get over it. I'm here. We're going to do this again. Okay. So now, now with those people, it's hard to make it, to, to take your offering and, and make it put a lot of margin on it, Right. So you, you look at those folks and you go, okay, I want to keep them healthy. So I'm going to take less of a margin there. But then there are a lot of companies that 100 plus seats, 100, 250, 500 seats, still considered small, you know, in the SMB market as defined by the Small Business Administration. But those people have one or two IT staff already on, ha- on hand, but they don't have the security expertise. And what you're going to do is you're not going to sell them your managed services offering. You're going to go in with just a security offering. And that security offering can come in. Again, you're paying $20 or $50 for it. You can up typically upscale the price by, by 50 to 100%. Um, so you should be able to go out and do that. And, and now when you start looking at selling you know, $100 a seat to 100 to 100 seats, you're talking $10,000 a month. I mean, that's good MRR, right? And that's probably bigger, more MRR than your biggest client is today. So this gives you the opportunity to go out and now have a discussion with them. You're not trying to sell them the stuff. You're not trying to replace people. You're not trying to have that argument of, hey, I can replace Joe and then you can use Joe over here, right? Or, you know, now Sally doesn't have to do this, so Sally can go over there. No, you're just saying, hey, you need the security. And and it's not like it's front page news, right? It's in their face, right? These people know that it's coming. So that's where the real opportunity is. And we're having success. You know, a lot of our members are making that leap and they're going out getting 10, 15, $20,000 MRR agreements and they're getting four or five of them a year right so now all of a sudden my business went from five million to ten million right and that's where you're going to drive the growth so you're right Danny. the evolution has from var where there was great margins and then all of a sudden there wasn't right to msp where there was great margins and now there's less to you know msp plus security or mssp um, or, you know, that manage the MSP selling the security offering um, to where there's great margins again, and they're going to be there for a year or two years or three years until the next evolution comes. So this is where, this is where you can really make, make that leap again and be, and, and, and be in front of the pack. This is David Dennis, and I appreciate you sharing that. And for many different industries, you see these cycles and you have to be flexible. You have to be able to adjust. And it's great to know that you can have a partner who's already in the mix. They're involved in the industry trends. They're seeing what's going on and they're able to come and support you. Dennis, one of the tools that Taylor Business Group offers to support these organizations is a financial reporting modeling tool that I believe you guys developed and is better known as the Roadmap to Profitability. Can you tell us a little bit about that tool and then maybe go into a typical journey of what a peer group member might experience? You bet. So the tool was designed to help owners understand their financials. We all, most MSP owners, I'll call them accidental owners. And I don't mean that as derogatory. They thought and knew that they could do it better than the people they're working for. 
So they went and started their own business. And pretty soon they had enough work that they hired somebody, right? And then they had enough to hire more people. And, you know, they're just going along and, and they're technicians. They're, they're not accounting people. And they're doing the best they can with their QuickBooks. And so what we did was we created a system where we take the information out of QuickBooks or Xero or wherever accounting package you're using and put it into a, a tool with a graphical interface. So now all of a sudden I can see my numbers in green, yellow, red, right? Green, I'm exceeding the benchmarks. Yellow, I'm not exceeding the bench. I'm close and red, I'm not. And then you can start to say, oh man, I'm really doing well over here in this part of my business. So let's focus over here on the red side. And then uh, uh, where it's red, there's a lot of, what are the levers that you can pull? So for example, if my service salaries are out of whack with my services revenue, I mean, the obvious one is either I need more revenue or less people. Well, sometimes neither one of them is there, but it could be a training issue, right? It could be, I need more certs, right? If I can invest in them to get them trained, maybe a ticket will take go from five minutes to four minutes. Well, you know, over the course of time, one minute a ticket with, you know, hundred tickets a day, pretty soon that adds up to real people, right? Support one, one backup solution instead of multiple ones. Again, it's the time the resolution will work. So the, the purpose of the tool is to help them identify where they're doing well and where they're not. It also gives them an idea of what good looks like. Right. You know, you, you look at it and you go, OK, uh, I like the bicycle. Right. I, I watched the Tour de France. Those those guys do 35 miles an hour down on a flat road. I, so that's what good looks like. You know, I, I can do 15 or 16. So, um, you, you know, but am I doing good about well, I'm doing only half as good as them. But, you, you know, but you don't if you don't know what good looks like, how do you know what to target and what to do? And, so that's the purpose of the tool. Uh, it also has a modeling aspect so that you can say, hey, if I'm gonna, you know, I need a new, a new tech, I'm, I'm gonna say, okay, I'm gonna hire David, I'm gonna chart, give him $100,000. What does that mean to all my numbers? I go in to look at my service, my salaries, I can add in your salary and, oh, I went from making, you know, 12% profitability down to six. Well, that's okay, because I know the, 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 the David's gonna bring these types of things and I have these other opportunities and, you know, I expect to be back up to 12 within two or three months. So it gives them the ability to start to understand what it looks like and why they, they, they do it. So what I tell people is that we want people to make a business decision. And then after they, before they actually execute on it, go understand what that means to their financials. Okay. And then come back and reevaluate re that business decision. And sometimes you say yes, and sometimes you say no. But if you say yes, you're doing it with eyes wide open. Yeah. Dennis, this is David again, and I appreciate you sharing that. And I'm going to tell you this to our audience, and even for my twin and I, if you don't know what good looks like, I love that. I love that you said that because that's so true. What are we evaluating? What are we measuring if we don't know what good is? And that's so important, and that's why that tool is invaluable for the organizations that you're supporting. Why is it important, Dennis, from your training, your perspective of how you're helping these leaders to manage through their people and not to their people? If you're gonna grow, you have to have people that you can count on. We, you know, the classic book says your span of control is 10 people, right? Which is, you know, in our world, that's about a $1.5 million MSP. Maybe a little bit bigger, maybe a little bit smaller. If I ever want to get past that, I have to be able to trust the people below me. So I have to manage through them, let them take it over, right? There's, there are multiple ways. I live in Omaha. I can drive to Kansas City. I can come up with a half a dozen different ways to get there. But my, just because that's the way I go doesn't mean that that's not the way you're going to go, David. And, and in business, it's, it's the end result that counts, yeah. right? And, and I, need I need people to grow. I need to invest in them. I need to trust them. And again, that's, that's hard to do. 
right? It's, you know, go back to thinking of kids. You know, I don't know if you have any 16 year olds. Have you given them the key, keys to the car and said, bye, I see you when you come back. Now that's trust. That's the same thing in business, right? You have to let your service manager run a services organization. So, and then of course, if you see them going way off the rails, then you have to come in and help them, you know, get back in, in, in between the white lines. But at the same time, you know, as long as he's, he's, he's hitting the bumpers, right. And he's staying between, you know, between the lines going down the road, you, you got to trust him because he'll then grow up to be that person that is not necessarily your service manager. And then maybe he's your, your COO and, you know, 10 years down the road, maybe he's the guy who's buying you out, right? Because you want to retire and he loves the business and you, you invested in him. This is Daniel. I love that you brought that up, Dennis, and you brought up a great example of your 16-year-old letting them take the card and just trusting them. There's so many business owners where it's not that they don't have a great product, they don't have a great service, they don't have a great solution. The issue is the owner. They're the bottleneck. It's because they don't know how to let go. And you're absolutely correct. There comes a point in your business, well, it's okay that the person that you're going to allow, allow to take ownership may not be at your level, maybe at 75% of what you are or 85% of what you are. The question is, that percent differential, is it enough for you to go make more money? Is it enough to where your customer experience is still at an all-time high? Is it enough that your NPR score is still amazing? All that stuff is very important. And I can't tell you, Dennis, how many business leaders I, I just want to say, go see Dennis at TBG. You're the issue. It's not your company. It's not your product. It's not even your employees. You got some amazing employees. It's you. You're the issue. Uh, I want to I go back to this concept that you brought up, that a lot of business owners don't know what good looks like. Uh, they don't understand the insights of their business as far as this roadmap to profitability that you talk about. Because I think a lot of people out there in the audience today say, hey, Danny, it sounds great. David, it sounds great. Dennis, everything you're saying is making sense, but what are the numbers that I need to know about as an IT services business owner? What are the numbers that are important to me to make sure I can run my business the right way? And I know that TBG has this humongous database, humongous spreadsheets. You have multiple classes that you teach on, but there's a lot of numbers out there. Product margin, as you kept bringing up margin before, monthly current revenue, sales compensation, sales expenses, administration expenses, service utilization, managed service agreement, um, services salaries, net operating income. There's all these numbers that are out there, but explain to our audience, what are just a few of the important numbers that MSP owners should know if they want to continue to grow their business the right way? A great question. Probably most important one is service salaries as a percentage of services revenue. Okay, so if, if I'm doing a million, let's say I'm a million five in, in, as an MSP and a million of that is in services revenue. My service salaries, so the people that are your technicians, um, your service manager, you may have a, 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 co a coordinator, whatever, all those salaries should be 39%. So they should add up to $390,000 or less. That's, that, that's right where the benchmark is. Now, that's in the United, that's US based because that takes into account, you know, Social Security and FICA. If we take, if we take that out, so if you, wherever you are around the world, that number should be 33%, right? So it's 33%, on, I'll, I'll use the term unburdened, which means that there's no, no social security, none of the other overhead in it. So if you're a US based, it's 39, if the rest of the world, it's, it's 33. That, if you are driving to that, you are running a good business. The other thing is, is that you should be 80% uh, services and 20% product, right? So, and of the 80% that services, 60% of that should be monthly recurring revenue, right? Um, we, we did an analysis of 31 companies that started in, on 1-1 of 2019. We looked at them at 20 months out. And what we found that was 
their overall revenue had gone down as a group by about 15%. And you go, well, that's, that's a crappy story, right? <laughs> we don't want, we don't want downline up stuff. When we looked at it, their, their profitability went up about 100%. And, and the reason is, is that their services revenue went from about 40 up to about six, 68, and their MRR went from about 35 to 60. So what you're finding is that's where the, that's where the profitability is. So then, and you know, and then probably the last key number is 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 your net operating income. And you know, it was 11.3. You know, our latest benchmarks are 12.2. And <clears throat> what this does is you need to have that profitability to invest, right? So that you can go hire, you know, take that next best idea. You also have to prepare for things like eh, COVID, right? <laughs> when all of a sudden the runway went right, you know, you lost you, you lost revenue for a month or two because of the uncertainty. Well, if you have that profitability, then you can you 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 have the ability to get through that month or two or three and come out the other side and just take off. Whereas if you're already negative or you're already close to zero, it's hard to do. This is Danny, and I wanna jump in there and say, Dennis, I appreciate you bringing up that insight. And we went through the same thing long time ago in our, in our first business. And we, we, the reason why we transitioned from being a VAR to an MSP is what you said, the margins were great. We we're making uh, 25, 35 points on software. We we're making 15 to 20 points on hardware. And then with the increased competition, with decreased incentives and things like that, our hardware margin dropped all the way down less than five percent and so when our hardware margin dropped and then our software margin dropped down to five to fifteen percent there was no way we can maintain three offices spread throughout the united states that way we had to ask ourselves what's the next evolution and then we had to look at doing managed services and and i'm so glad glad you brought that up we did not have a clue on the profitability we had no clue on the margin that, that was needed in order to sustain our services for our technicians, none of that. And when we got contracts, we just priced guess in the middle of the air. We just guessed this, guessed that. I mean, if I had your rollback to profitability during my first business, I think we could have sold for 20X multiples instead of the 6.5X multiple that we did. Uh, I'd probably be uh, sitting on the beach right now drinking Mai Tais, right? So I really appreciate you just really making it simplified, breaking it down, bringing some very clear, concise numbers. And I hope that our audience understands that today. Listen, Dennis has given you great wisdom on understanding your business, understanding the numbers, the data is there. You just need someone to show you the clarity so you can feel confident that you're making the right decisions to grow your business. You can feel confident that when you hire staff that you're not going to go bankrupt. You, feel, you can feel confident that you have enough managed services agreements in place to continue to scale and grow and maintain profitability? These are all great questions and these are all great insights. And if you wanna learn more, we're gonna tell you how you can get a hold of Dennis later on. So stay tuned guys, we're not quite done yet. So I'm really excited about that, David. Dennis, thank you for sharing that and giving us some practical insight from your experience with working with so many different MSPs, so many different organizations. And so what I appreciate about how peer groups work and Dan, I've talked about this with different types of industries, is that you, you've got to match them with similar, what we call life journeys or similar experience size organizations. Uh, can you talk about how you align these organizations and why it's important to put them in the right type of position of being faced with other in industries or other MSPs their size so that they can experience similar journeys uh, David, great question. So um, we kind of create our business improvement groups using two criteria. One is no geographic competitors, right? Um, because you're actually going to share everything. It's everything you're going to expose your numbers, you're going to expose what you do well, and you're also going to expose what you don't do well. And you don't want your competitors taking advantage of either of those. So, um, yeah, we have multiple people from, let's say, New York City, but there's only one per group, right? Um, the other 
then is to look at it from a size perspective. And the reason we do that, we, we kind of look at them as um, like up to about 2 million, two to five and five and above. And, and the reason we break that out is really the way they run their business. You know, uh, up to about $2 million, it's still the owner that's very much involved. And they may or may not have a service manager. So they're, they're doing most of the business and they're trying to figure out how do I get out of having to do the day-to-day -day grind. So they're, by, by putting them all together, there's, this is a space where a lot of them have not thought of a lot of different things. So it's a great sharing time. Um, and, and they're also, the owners are also very still uh, focused on tools and you know, the, just the day-to-day -day type stuff. The two to five um, million people, they're starting to build out their, their management team. So they probably have a service manager. They may have a service coordinator. They may have an admin. They may have somebody doing part-time or full-time bookkeeping. They may or may not have salespeople. So um, granted it in the two to five, they probably have some or most of them, um, but, but they also don't have them fully leveraged. So, you know, when, when you, which then means that you have to be careful to, your profitability will go down some because if I hire a service manager that can handle 10 people and I only have five, right? He's not, I haven't fully leveraged him, but as I add more people in, you know, I don't have to add that in there. So it, it there's that way. <clears throat> and then there's the, the, the five and above, and these numbers aren't hardcore, right? Uh, there's the five and above of the, the people that are, they have that full team and they're managing their executive team. And they're really involved in, they, they've moved almost all, all the way over to strategy. They're working with their, their, their key strategic um, vendors. And, you know, with, with the, their key strategic clients, you know, we all have clients that have been with us for 20 years, right? When I was a one-man shop, he was, he was my first client, right? And he had 10 people, and now I've got 20, and he's got 100. And so, you know, you, you keep that bond. So there's still a few clients that, that they love. So that's the way we look at it. And, and our goal is to teach people how to move from one stratification to the next, right? Assuming they want to. And, and how, do you, how do you create quantitative analysis to be able to do that? And that's something we've worked on this summer and we have uh, a way for people to, to, you know, to look at their, their profitability, look at how they're running their business, all those other kind of things that are, that are soft, right? I can't, I don't have a, well, you're doing 10% and you're doing 12, so you can and you can't, well, you know, running your business and how you're doing stuff like that, that's hard to do, yeah. right? So we've put that together. So we, we realize that people want to move up and they're going to get that knowledge and they need to move up because nobody wants to be the smartest guy in the room, right? And so when you become the smartest guy in the room, you have to, you, you want to move up and be the, be the dumbest guy or, or <laughs> down near the bottom, right? And then everybody else kind of reorganizes and, and, and you reshuffle and it's just constantly moving. I think it's awesome the way it works. This is Danny. I, and uh, Dennis, I appreciate you bringing up that remark. I want to be like Henry Ford, who says, look, I don't have to be the smartest guy in the room, but I hire the smartest people and surround myself with them. <laughs> so I, I, I prefer to surround myself with people like you who, who know a lot more than I do. That's going to give me insight on how to make my business even more profitable. So audience, listen. It's great to be an intelligent individual. It's great to be smart. Sometimes it's awesome that you're street smart. But if you want to continue to grow and scale your business, the question is, if you want to continue to grow and scale your business, sometimes it's good to be around a room of people who might be a little bit more smarter than you. Or maybe they've done something that you haven't done that you can add that to your tool belt, add that to your repertoire, implement that into your business today to make yourself more profitable. In fact, let's say you're growing your business really well. You got great people. You're hiring some great technicians. Dennis, I guess the next question is, how important is it to create a good sales engine in order to keep up with that growth? Oh, man. So we have a philosophy. We call it owner-led sales. 
and, and our philosophy is that in the small business arena, most small businesses want to buy from other small business owners, right? So if, if I, when I get to a certain size, a million and a half, two million, I get 10 people, I'm running the business and I have less and less time to go out and sell, right? I used to have 100% of my time available to sell when it was just me, right? And I had no clients, right? <clears throat> now I've got a bunch of clients and a bunch of employees and I have no time to sell. Sure. So the pendulum's gone the other way. So what we want to do is we, we want people to hire client account managers, right? So manage, hire people to manage your existing clients. Now you're still going to be involved with them, but they're going to do the majority of the work for those clients. This frees up your time to go get and, and continue to grow. And you can use this philosophy um, up to six to $8 million. Um, at some point in time, you do want to hire an outside salesperson, but that you know, it's hard to find those types of people that fit your, your philosophy. And then you have to train them. And too many, too many owners say, okay, I'm going to solve my problem. I'm going to go hire Dennis. Then I'm going to say, Dennis, go sell. And that's what they do. They say, Dennis, go sell. Well, they don't have the, the, the processes in place, which is hard. They also remember they sold most of the stuff out of their heads. So they would go talk to a client. If client said, hey, can we do this? And and, and, and David goes, hey, I want to do it this way. And you go, oh, yeah, I can do that. I'm the owner. I can say that. Right? I go talk to Danny. Danny goes, well, I want to do it this way. Oh, yeah, I can do that. Well, when I turn a salesman loose, he can't do that. Right? He's got to follow the processes. And, and so that's why, you know, if you can build by using the client account managers to manage your existing clients, freeing you up to go out and get the new logos and grow that way. You're continually feeding this pipeline and continually getting that. And, and, and your client account managers, besides just managing, they're responsible to grow the existing people. So, the, you know, they need to, they're the ones that are going to identify the next project, right? They're the, they're the ones that are going to talk about, hey, you know, we got this new security thing. Why do we have it? Well, because, you know, you know this state organization is now doing this, right? So it, it, is, it is an evolution but you got to keep selling, right? And one final point, Danny, is when I go to exit my business, if, if, if I have a finely tuned sales engine, that business is more valuable than if I don't have a, a, a finely tuned sales engine because people are going to go, okay, he's going to leave. Now I, got, I have nothing. Well, even if, if I have all these cams working for me, that means all my current clients are just going to keep on chugging, chugging, chugging. I just have to figure out how to grow a little bit. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K. I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a spectacular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Dennis, this is David. And in continuing that thought about having something that's appealing for the next organization that wants to come in and let's say buy you out. They want to acquire you. They want to merge with you. 
And what I want to ask is this, because it's important to be able to have something there that they can say, this is attractive. I, I know you have processes in place that's going to continue even when you're not here. You're, you, you might be that, that key to getting things happening, but the fact that you're building your business, let's say to be sold, you're building your business for tomorrow, you're building it in a way where you can say, what if I'm not here? So for those of us that might be listening or for those that might be tuning into this particular episode, when you think about mergers, when you think about acquisitions, when you think about selling your practice, uh, besides looking at that sales engine, are there any other metrics that organizations should focus on if they want to position their organization for that buyer, position their organization for those investors? What are some things they should keep in mind? Um, obviously, um, the, the term that's thrown around is EBITDA, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. We use net operating income, which is just EBIT, at the, you know, the, the duh part, the depreciation, amortization. We, we keep it outside of that. So very close. Um, but you need, you need to have positive profitability. The second thing is, is um, you, you need to make sure that you keep your books clean. And I'll use this analogy. David, Danny, you're both going to go in and you, you both want to go in and you're going to interview with me. Danny, you come in in a nice three-piece suit. You know, Ty, you're looking dapper. David, you come in and, you know, flip-flops, cutoffs, jeans, and, a, you know, a t-shirt. First impression, from a technical perspective, you know, if I'm hiring a, a, a technician, it might not matter. But if you're both walking into a bank to get a job, well, that does matter. So having clean financials and knowing most owners hide a lot of their personal expenses in the business. So they have a car and the, the, the company's paying for the car, right? You need to know to put that below the net operating income line, right? So that you take it out afterwards so that people can start to see the true value of your business. You need to make sure that you start allocating things properly. Then when people come in, if people see clean books, it's like seeing that three-piece suit. They're going to go, man, this guy's keeping his books clean. I bet you the rest of his business is good too, because that's the hardest part of the job to keep clean. You know, when, when you go to, to exit, clean books, good people, good processes, those are the, the things that people are looking for. Dennis, this is Danny, and I really appreciate you bringing that up. It is so important to have your house in order because when people are looking at your business, I, and I tell owners this all the time, specifically when it comes to M&A, you have to take control. And your state of business is based upon the eye of the beholder. Someone can look at your business and say, yeah, it's only worth two and a half X multiple. But if your business and your books and everything you have is in order and it's clearly understandable, that could be a big difference between two and a half X to eight and a half, nine and a half, ten and a half X. So it's very important as a business owner out there, don't wait until the last minute when you're deciding that you want to sell your business to get your books in order. Get it clean every single day. And Dennis, I love how you brought up the three-piece suit analogy. When Dave and I are growing up, <laughs> believe it or not, and, and we actually did undergraduate college together, not grad school. I uh, went to a different grad school, but undergraduate People would be like, oh, how do you tell the difference between Danny and David Brown? They look alike, they sound alike. And they said, well, what's David wearing? He's wearing a three-piece suit. What's Danny wearing? He's just wearing some shorts and a t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> oh, and, so and I got it right, huh? That was David and I growing up. And so uh, I was an engineering and physics double major. David was a business student and international business major at, at college. So I was actually in the valley. David was on the hill. And they had this joke in the hill where people who see the light in the valley, people never see the sun. <laughs> Uh, and so I never wore a suit until I ran for office, but when I became Mr. School of Engineering and they, then people just always said, wait a couple minutes. Or when you see one of the twin walks in the room, you know, that's David because of the way he dresses. So I do appreciate you bringing that up because that is hilarious. That's how people told us apart growing up. They just looked at us and whoever had the suit on, they knew that was David. And he wore a suit every day in high school. I don't care how hot it is. He wore a suit every day. And me, I just put on whatever I can find uh, that's not in the dirty laundry bin that still smelled good. <laughs> oh, that's great. Now, uh, one of the things I, I want to tell the audience, look, 
I love this mindset Dennis is talking about. And I want everybody to understand this really, really well. That you almost want to run your business as if you're going to sell it tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your mentality should always be, I want to get my business where it needs to be. I want it to look great. I want the books to look amazing because I might sell it tomorrow. And when you have that hustle mentality, you're going to continue to keep pushing. You're going to continue to keep driving your business to the next level. And that is so important. I want to make sure our audience understands this. And I want to make sure our audience knows that as well, Dennis has allowed our audience members the ability to come to the biggest annual Taylor's Business Group Conference of the year. And it's going to be in Florida on that beach this year, guys. So if you want to come and see one of the best conferences put together ever, mindset, coaching, consulting, um, helping to grow your business the right way, helping to teach you how to sell cybersecurity and add it to your monthly recurring revenue. And the way you can do that, you can show up as a free guest. And so I want to make sure people understand that. It is going to be in Fort Lauderdale in September. I will be there personally as well as a guest of Dennis myself. So I would like to encourage all of our audience members out there. Look, if you're an IT service provider, you want to grow your business. You want to consider taking that lifestyle business and maybe thinking about selling it in the future. You want to get insights on your numbers. You want to understand what's this roadmap to profitability that David just brought up with Dennis. I want to encourage all of you to come. Dennis has created a special invite code. It's the big, big invitation code. We're going to leave the link below in the podcast, but I'm going to give it to you right now. BB22-TBG-DISCO-13 FA. So I want to make sure our audience members knows that if you want to come down to Florida, meet with Dennis and his team personally to gain insights on how to grow and scale your business, he has given you guys some free guest passes to show up and learn. If you want to meet other MSP owners out there that are driving additional $16 million a year, additional $60 million a year, we've had MSPs that are huge and big and small MSPs. But one thing they love is to be around people just like them, their peers. And so I'm going to invite everybody to come down. I'm going to encourage all you guys to come down. Uh, Dave, what are your thoughts on that? I'm excited about it, Dan, and I appreciate you really asking that Dennis come on to talk about the Taylor Business Group, the importance of peer group coaching, the strategy behind working with other people, not going at it alone, the tools that can support their business. These are all incredible things that I think leaders want to hear and they want to learn more and more about. Uh, Dennis, we're so thankful that you could join Twins Talk It Up. And if you are listening, you want to learn more about his work, you want to hear about the upcoming big, big conference, visit taylorbusinessgroup.com. Don't forget about the special invitation code. We'll make sure we put that in the notes. Dennis, thank you for joining us on Twins Talk It Up. It's been a blast um, talking with you two. You, you have such high energy. It just brings it out in, in everybody else. And I, I, you guys are great leaders within the community. I know you're doing great work. And, uh, you know, it's just my honor to be on here with you, too. So thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.